had to really lean into my parenting and letting go. And I hated that time, but it's been some of the most fruitful time of my whole life. Like I finally couldn't meet my own needs. I knew that I was so needy. I felt broken down. And that's where he was waiting for me, like at the bottom of the pit. He's like, oh, time nice of you to join me. <laughs> I'm like, do you want to know the way out? <laughs> Hey friends, I'm Ryan Channel, a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, encouraging other women to seek and know God and grow a deeper relationship with Him. Welcome to Wellness and the Word, a podcast helping Christian women create ultimate mental and physical wellness through meditating on God's Word to renew our minds, learning how to apply His truth to our lives, and taking care of our bodies the way He intends us to. My love for Jesus and my passion for wellness as a holistic health coach collide in this podcast that shares the gospel. Gospel literally means good news, friends. Don't we need more of that in today's world? I believe we all have a God-shaped hole in our hearts, and I want to point you to the only one who can fill it. Come join me and be encouraged as we chat about God's love and how to take care of you. Hey friend, before we get started with today's wonderful testimony episode, are you tired of starting each new year with the same goals? Get in shape, eat better, lose weight. What if I told you that a perfect body won't make you happy? That it's not what's missing? Are you ready to get off the merry-go-round of madness and let God take the reins in your mental and physical wellness? If you're really ready to quit setting those same New Year's goals, then you'll definitely want to join my seven-week Wellness and the Word workshop, where we're doing a full wellness and spiritual reset. If you want to grow closer to God and let Him establish your plans, learn how to refresh your soul daily and take care of your body so you feel your most confident ever, let's do it. You'll get seven weeks of hands-on coaching with me and an accountability community where you'll create friendships rooted in Christ. If you're in, you'll want to join right now because I'm offering a founding member's prize and an extra bonus for the first five ladies that sign up, a one-on-one coaching session with me before we start the program on January 11th. If you're ready to let me be your guide on the side to uplevel your entire life with God leading the way, Go sign up right now at wellnessandtheword.com slash reset. Hey friends, welcome to Testimony Tuesday, and you are in for a treat because my super sweet Canadian friend, Shauna Scaff, is here sharing her incredible testimony. Shauna is a mom of three, practical minimalist, self-professed lady nerd, and Christian life coach for moms. About seven years ago, she left her underwhelming career in public health inspection to stay home with her kids which trained her to get very good at sweeping and saying no to that face. (laughs) Since then, she has been sharing about her messy but rewarding decluttering journey, the awakening she had that she was living her life on autopilot, and her endeavors to live her life on purpose. This prompted her to write the Life on Purpose workbook and Homemaker on Purpose. Shauna coaches moms all over the world on issues that keep them stuck. Her mission is to empower women to show up for their actual lives with more peace, purpose, and presence. She believes that we are meant to make choices about what matter to us in life, like quality cheese, simplifying our lives, and being an intentional parent, and that God's grace covers everything else. 
Shauna is absolutely inspiring. I adore her and I'm so excited for you to hear her testimony. Well, welcome Shauna to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here sharing your testimony today. Thanks so much, Ryan. Yeah. So we're just going to jump right in and I'm going to ask you, where does your story begin? I really liked that you asked this question because there was, I think, like this kind of turning point. Most people grew up maybe knowing about the church and I was one of those kids. I like went to church with my mom and I just kind of knew about it and was interested in it, but never really did anything with it. And then, you know, you go off to college and it's still kind of in the background, but I wasn't like really active in it. And as the years went on and I get married and we're like living in this new town, me and my husband. And this is, this is a testimony. I'm going to bring a testimony to you right now. So we were trying to get pregnant and we couldn't get pregnant, couldn't get pregnant. And I went to a doctor and I learned that I had an autoimmune disease called Graves disease. It affects my thyroid and it's really hard to get pregnant. So we had a meeting with the doctor and he said he wanted me to do uh, a treatment that would involve radioactive iodine. And then you can't get pregnant. You're like radioactive for a while. So you can't be around babies. You can't get pregnant. And I was kind of gutted. I was like, well, we've been trying to get pregnant and like, this is the next thing. Like this is the next step. And I don't want to put that in my body. And I went back to work and I was working at a health unit. And one of the women at the health unit didn't know anything about this at all. And she came up to me in the copy room and she's like, Shauna, I need to tell you something. And I was like, all right, thinking it's like about copy paper or something or coffee. And she's like, God wants me to tell you that you don't need any medical interventions and you're going to have beautiful, healthy babies. Oh my gosh. I have chills, Shauna. Right? Oh yes. my gosh. And for me, that's kind of where the story began. Like I always knew about him. It was like you you learn, you hear about a movie and you're like, oh, I kind of know what the movie's about, but then you watch the movie and you're like, okay, now I get it. Mm. And it was just, it was a game changer. Like I'm crying in the coffee room and I was like, you don't even understand. <laughs> and well, now what do I do and all this stuff? And that was just a huge, um, a huge turning point for me and my faith that I was like, okay, if God's brought me to here, if he gives me this promise, now what does it look like to actually believe that in terms of my health, right? And in terms of starting a family and conveying that to my husband, because my husband's not a Christian. So it was a huge, like, um, stepping out in faith and acting in faith. Wow. Like, wow, wow, wow. I did not <laughs> know that. And I'm like, my jaw literally dropped chills. I like teary eyed. Oh my gosh. That is incredible. And I like how you made the point that now it was like, okay, the next step, like, am I going to trust God? Cause mm -hmm. basically it was like, Hey, this is your big flashing neon sign. You don't need that. And now you're going to trust the process and who knows how long it's going to take, but Holy moly. Like I still have chills yes. on my body. Yeah. <laughs> the coolest thing in the whole world. So now can you tell me a little bit like what happened next, especially with your husband, not being a believer? Right. That was, that was hard because I mean, there's medical intervention for a reason. Like medicine is not all bad. It's here to help us. And any other time in my life, if I got that diagnosis and that treatment as an option, I probably would have moved forward with it. But when it came down to the idea of like, I should be, <laughs> and maybe this is like God using my own selfishness and need for control to have kids get pregnant. He's like, I'm just going to use that to grow you if you're just not going to give it up. So I, I just said like, 
this is my choice. This is the choice I'm going to make. And I'm going to do everything else in my power. I'm not just going to be like, okay, God, fix me, but I'm going to start like putting this into action. So the woman who told me her name's Diane, the woman who gave me this message, and she just started kind of counseling me through this, giving me lots of scripture, lots of information about the mind-body connection of, you know, um, the emotions and the physical manifestation of emotions. She connected me with a Christian counselor for the first time in my life. I went to one-on-one counseling and that was like a game changer. She unlocked a lot of (laughs) doors I had closed shut. She brought a lot of awareness into how I was showing up and trying to manage all of the things and it wasn't helping. And that was just a, a real big turning point. But it's still, it, I still had so many questions like, well, does that mean I should adopt? Does that mean how long do I wait? Does like, what does it even mean? And the longer the months went on, the more I was like, well, what even, like what? Like, I don't know. And, and my husband just kind of like giving me the space to figure that out when he was like, well, I just think you should do this thing that the doctors say, and it makes sense. And so it was kind of me letting myself stand apart from all of that and just keep pressing into it. Wow. That's just amazing. And it reminds me of the story of Abram and Sarah where they're waiting, you know, God says that they're going to have a baby and they're like, what the heck? We're old as heck. Right. Yeah. (laughs) We're getting older. And then they take matters into their own hands and, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of mess things up along the way. And we can tend to do that, especially when we want to be in control. And I know I totally relate to that because I am very much a control freak and didn't Mm -hmm. even know that for a long time, but (laughs) I like to be in control. Yes. So it's really interesting when we're put in those positions of like, am I going to trust God or am I going to keep going my own way? So how absolutely incredible. And I think that you're right. God does use those situations to grow us and he does find ways to kind of get through to us. But Mm -hmm. I also really liked how you like took ownership as well. Mm -hmm. And you said, I'm going to do my part and things. And you used God word, God's word right, yeah. to help you along that path. How awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, what else was my choice? Right. <laughs> I needed to do something, but I knew it wasn't going to be, I wasn't the solution anymore that mm-hmm. I always thought I was. Yeah. And what a huge message. Like you couldn't mm-hmm. just turn away from that and be like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. I mean, you could have, you could have right. been like, I'm going to do it anyway, God. But I think like how powerful that was for mm-hmm. you to help you make that decision. And sometimes most of the time, I think we don't get those huge, like help me God decisions, but he definitely gave you the answer there. Right. Yeah. Like a woman who had no idea what was going on and just cornered me in the copy room. (laughs) I couldn't really deny that. (laughs) Yes, for sure. Okay. So how long did you wait? Yeah. So this happened in the fall and, and by next, the end of next spring, I just had this like peace suddenly that I was like, okay, I'm going to get pregnant soon. It's, it's happening. And I remember seeing my friend Diane at a work thing and I just smiled at her and I'm like, it's time, Diane. And I was pregnant and it was just, but without waiting period, you know, you're like, I've already waited like a year, you know, and now I have to wait an indeterminate amount of time and just have this wild faith that I'll be healed. And oh, through that, I also went through a naturopath and she was actually the one who diagnosed me. She, she, I had no idea I had this illness. I just thought 
this is just how people feel. They feel really crappy all the time, or maybe it's all in my head. So just getting that diagnosis itself was so freeing to know I'm not crazy, you know, and that my complaints are valid and, and there's a reason for all of them, but all in all that process. And I remember like hearing that one of my friends was pregnant, um, and I just started crying and I wrote this really sappy song about it and it was like played on the piano and cry. And, and then I, then I had peace after that, that I was about to get pregnant. Like I just had to purge all of it, right? Like I had to just rid myself of all of that need and all of that sorrow and need for control. And I look back and laugh on it now, but it was really hard in, in those months for sure. I love that you just felt your feelings so and worked. Yeah. That's so awesome. And again, I really just like that you took the ownership, the naturopath, seeing the mm-hmm. Christian counselor. God doesn't need our help, but I think that we can definitely take the steps to, you know, and move things forward faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's part so. of the obedience. Mm, yeah, for sure. Obedience was yes. a big word for me then. Yeah. Yeah. So was that the turning point in your relationship with God or was there another turning point? That was definitely, that was definitely like, okay, this is really real. And I think anyone who like goes into motherhood, (laughs) there's still more work to do. And, you know, so I had, I had this occurrence where I got pregnant for the first time and then 16 months later I had a second kid and that was not planned. <laughs> that was like being thrown into the fire. I was like, seriously, can't we just space them out, God? So all in all, I had three kids in three and a half years. They are healthy and happy, mostly happy <laughs> when they feel like it, but really like motherhood deepened my experience my need for God, especially when my second came along and I had this toddler running around and a baby and she cried so much. She suffered from reflux that I didn't know about. And she was always crying. And I remember like, it would take like four hours to put her to bed at night. And I would just hold her and cry and pray and be like, what, how do I fix this? Like, what do I even do? And I would just feel so helpless, which is the worst thing to feel, especially if you're someone who has relied on, you know, being in control and kind of figuring things out. I think God was really showing me my, my lack of all of that, my own neediness that I just kind of cruise through life. Like if I need you, you're there, but he was showing me like, no, you need me every day. Like you need me to cuddle your child at night. You need me to feed your other kids snacks in the morning. Like you need me for all of this. And a big part of letting him into my motherhood was unhooking myself from the fear that I was going to do this wrong. Right. Cause there was definitely a lack of trust in that kind of idea that I can't screw this up. I have to fix this. Um, I can't let them experience maybe what I've experienced or my worst fears for them. And there was a moment during one of those nights where I just heard God say like, I got this, my grace covers everything. And I was just like crying and I was like, it's, it's like he fills in all of the gaps and I'm not as in charge as I think I am of what my kids are going to grow up to think about me and how they will be in life. Like he's got them. And I think about the people in my life that I've seen, God's had them like through hardships, through the long run and just kind of, it's just been this slowly letting go and letting God into all of the areas of my life where I thought. I had it locked down. I thought I didn't need him. And he's so gentle, right? Like he's so gentle with us. Yes. 
Yeah. And that's really just the is. most beautiful part that he lets us be needy and come to that on our own. Like, okay, I, I've done, I've, I've exhausted myself out enough. Can you come in now? Yes. He cleans up our messes. And I loved how you talked about our own neediness because I think that I've definitely seen that in motherhood, especially my need for God, because just like you, I've, I went through life and, you know, I could, I could do all these things and get all the things done and be in control. Mm-hmm. And then whew, motherhood came along right. and <laughs> right in my place. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. I mean, most days I'm just like, how can I do this? It's mm-hmm. just, it definitely, it's, the thing that's grown me the most out of anything in my whole life. And I'm so grateful for that, but it's just interesting because I don't think most people think that when they think of motherhood, mm-hmm. yeah. the, the hard job that it is that you, even though you're meeting everyone else's needs, yours are constantly not being met. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can get those met how I believe is through Jesus. Yeah, I agree. Right. And there's yeah. this kind of cultural, need to make motherhood bliss. Like, oh, it's so amazing. It's the best experience. I'm, it's the biggest love of my whole life. And then there's the polar opposite. It's like hot mess, mom frazzled, like, you know, like, why can't we be somewhere in the middle where some Mm -hmm. days it's really hard and some days it's really awesome. Yeah. That's such a good point. I never thought of that. That really is very true. I, I see that so often, like where I'm, thinking, gosh, I really, everyone else seems like this is really easy and fun for them. And I just feel so terrible sometimes because I'm like, I don't always love it. And it's really hard for me. (laughs) And I really feel like just this year, I'm, I'm able to be honest about it. And I've been validated by others who are like, yeah, me too, sister. I'm there Mm -hmm. with you. And then there's, like you said, the other end where it's like, hot mess can't get through it without a drink and that whole thing. And I'm just like, neither. I'm right. Neither. (laughs) I buy neither of those. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I really, I think that's something I, I really want to help people, especially who younger women who aren't moms yet, but they're going to be one day or want to be one day that Mm -hmm. I want to be really honest and say, it's not easy. Right. And it's okay. If it's hard, it's okay. If you don't always enjoy it. And just be more honest and transparent. Yes. I think. <laughs> yes, I think that's our biggest fear is mm-hmm. when it's hard, it's because we're doing it wrong, but it's sometimes it's just hard because we're doing it because it is hard, right? Like Jesus didn't say it's all easy, but he said he'd be with us. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And he will always cover us. Thank goodness. So when did you feel closest to God? Mm, definitely those times when I was well, so when I got this message from my friend, we had just moved to a new town. We got newly married. We had new jobs. And my husband was working two weeks in, two weeks out. So I was totally not fun <laughs> when it came to my relationship with him. I was just like so angry. I was alone all the time. But I was also, when I look back on it now, and I probably didn't even realize it till we're talking, that I needed to be alone. I needed mm-hmm. to be alone with God and just spending time with him in prayer and in song. I really feel closest to God when I'm singing. And it's not like I'm the best singer, but I just, my soul buzzes when I sing. And you know, that feeling you get when you're doing something and, and it's just for nobody but him. And so that was a time where I really felt closest and I still do. Like I still love to go down and 
play the piano and sing to him. And this is something that I really always see God in is when the sky is like beautifully lit and there's sunbeams through the clouds. And my husband teases me because he's like, of course, it's the most holy vision around. And I'm like, I can see God in it. <laughs> I see him everywhere. Yes. I love that. That's so beautiful. And I think that I really enjoy hearing when people feel closest to God because it's always different mm-hmm. and it's dependent on your personality, but I think in nature, you can always see God and his greatness, you know? Yes, totally. Yeah. I love it. So on the opposite end, when did you feel the greatest doubt or distance from God? Um, These would have been times when I distanced myself for sure. When I've decided that I'm going to figure it out on my own, that a lot of times of pride, right? And maybe it's highlighted for me when my plans wouldn't work out because I've just like tried to venture out and they didn't work and, but God had something better in store for me. And I think times where I feel most distant from God is when I'm in a state of fear, when I'm not trusting him. And that's been really, really hard for me to do, especially with my kids, because I'm so worried something bad is going to happen to them. Like, I'm so worried that they're not going to be kept safe. And, and I, well, I guess any mom worries that for that. Right. But those are times where I feel like I'm putting a distance between me and God and, and only trust can bring that back. Right. But yeah, those are, so it happens still, like there's still times where I feel that, that doubt or that distance where I've removed myself from the truth, from the trust. Right. And yeah. And definitely, you know, those years before I was married, you know, you leave, you leave your home and you're out in the world figuring things out. And I wouldn't have called myself a Christian at that point. I loved God. I, well, I can't say I loved him because I wasn't showing that I loved him, but I was definitely living like he was optional in those years of my life. Yeah. Really good point. You made a couple of, you are bringing the testimony today. <laughs> you made some really good points there. I really liked how you talked about with our kids. Cause I also have that fear. Yeah. I think it's mm-hmm. super normal to worry that something's going to happen to our kids. And we're, we're kind of, we still do that with God where we're like, well, I got to protect them like right. more, but then we forget God loves our kids way more than we could even imagine. Mm-hmm. And he will protect them. But yeah, that's, that's just hard. That's part of motherhood. I think it's natural. Right. And I really also liked how you talked about that you distance yourself from God because he never leaves us. He's always with us. He's always waiting for us, right. You know, right next to us. And what a great point that that is usually us that's distancing ourselves. It's not him. He's never Mm -hmm. going away. It's like that quote. I just, I haven't heard this forever, but it's like, if God feels far away, guess who moved? Have you ever heard heard that one? No, but it feels really true. (laughs) That is such a good one. Mm -hmm. Very true. So if you could thank God for one incident in your faith journey, what would it be? Yeah, definitely that, that time when he was showing me that there was healing available to me and my autoimmune condition and, and that, and really those years of motherhood about eight years ago, that's when my second was born. And that was the really tough season for us. And it was so tough. Like I thought my marriage was going to fall apart. I was definitely the opposite of enjoying motherhood, dreading, waking up with dread for motherhood every day. And I, everything felt like it was about to slip through my hands. 
I hated that time of my life. We went through marriage counseling. You know, I had to start trusting God with my daughter. I had to really lean into my parenting and letting go. And I hated that time, but it's been some of the most fruitful time of my whole life. Like I finally couldn't meet my own needs. I knew that I was so needy. I felt broken down. And that's where he was waiting for me, like at the bottom of the pit. He's like, oh, time nice of you to join me. <laughs> like, do you want to know the way out? <laughs> I've been here all along, but now that you're down here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. It's just so true. That's how we are sometimes. And God's like, my goodness, if you would have reached sooner. Right. Yes. <laughs> the little years uh, are tough though. And especially I think that when there's when the little years are going on and then all of those things compound on top, it's just like, holy moly. Right. Yes. And reprieve. Yeah. So if you could thank one person for, thank God for one person in your faith journey, who would it be? Um, like obviously Diane, who was yes. so brave to share this with me, but the, the person who I would thank the most is my mom. Um, she gave me her faith and at this point, I, I struggled with my relationship for, with my mom for many, many years. I was, I was a very cold child to her. I was very distant. I judged her a lot. I was frustrated with her. I wanted so many other things from her, but she gave me the most important thing. She gave me, my, she gave me faith. And now she has, she has early onset dementia. She's, she's not accessible to me anymore to repair that relationship, but she left me with the only thing I needed. The only thing that. Wow. That is so beautiful. I think that is incredible how God can turn things in that direction of like, Mm -hmm. even though I was growing up and I didn't, you know, always agree with my mom or I didn't feel like she gave me what I needed. Now you can look back again. I have chills, Shauna. <laughs> How beautiful. And you're right. That is literally the most important thing she could have gave you. Oh my goodness. Yes. yes I do because even so our parents love. can fail us. Right? right. But our good father never will. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Yeah. So beautiful. His grace covers everything mm-hmm. when you let it in. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's so important when you let it in because there's probably people who still struggle with that with their parents and that bitterness because they've let that bitterness take root instead of learning to let it go, instead of seeing like what part was good, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yes. Just give yes. Like that forgiveness. That is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. So how does God meet your needs? I mean, obviously we all have like basic needs, right? Like I've never been without food or water or shelter and you can take that for granted, but I was thinking that there's also these needs that each of us have that are unique to us, that God has like placed us to show up a certain way. Like I have definite needs of comfort. That's why I want to control everything and needs of connection, right? (laughs) They can be at odds with one another sometimes. And to me, God meeting my needs is him just supplying those for me in little doses. Like he doesn't indulge me. He gives me what I need. He gives me like a quiet moment in the day or a friend dropping off a coffee or just getting some encouragement somewhere from someone. He just gives it to me in little doses to not let myself be in a constant state of neediness. And it reminded me like, I still got you. These things that that you just crave in your daily life, like I still got that, but 
you always have to look for it, right? Don't you think? You always have to keep your eyes open for those little things. Yeah. And you really just spoke to me because I think that a lot of times I am kind of frustrated because I don't get more time. But how true God doesn't indulge us. He's like, hey, I gave you that five, 10 minutes earlier, right? (laughs) Right. Or if you would have got up a little earlier, earlier in the day, but how cool that was just a really good check for me of like, Mm -hmm. he does provide and he, but he doesn't indulge. That was really good. I love that. And and sometimes (laughs) we just have to be grateful or open our Mm -hmm. eyes. So good. Yeah. So are there any scriptures that are special to you? Well, yeah, especially based off of that one, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in your weakness. And I wrote that on my chalkboard when I was like in the thick of it with my babies at home and just the word sufficient, like it's enough. Stop wanting more, like more is not going to solve it. You still have to keep showing up and doing this hard work, but I'm going to give you enough and it's grace. Like you didn't earn it. You can't control it. Like it's from me to you and just letting all like every word in that I've had to let wash over me over the years that that's been something I've said to myself over and over again. My grace is enough. Like you have enough and my power is made perfect in your weakness. So you have to be weak for me to perfect my power in you. And that's just like been the theme of my mother. (laughs) (laughs) I love that scripture. Yes. And I think that's what I really love about it too, is that weakness part. Like you have to be weak in order for him to kind of shine through in that weakness and just so we can appreciate it even more. I just love it. That's definitely one of my favorite scriptures. It it gets you. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, can you just give me everything and I can be perfect too? I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So how have you changed in the past five years? Yeah, so definitely this is the past five years have been five years of motherhood. And five years of um, like really switching gears in my life. Like I gave up my career to stay home with kids and kind of went into something different in my life and watching my mom deteriorate in her dementia and facing my relationship with her, embracing the healing that God had promised me. And so there's been, there's been a lot of stuff in five years, but the biggest change I think is starting to remove all of the rules that I have for myself to live by, for other people to live by, because I used to love with a lot of judgment. And I feel like that disconnects people, right? It, I call it love, but it's conditional, right? Like I would love you a little bit more if you were like this, where I've really leaned into loving with compassion, with just seeing people for who they are and appreciating. And my mom is the biggest testimony of that, that relationships can be healed, even if it's one-sided because she can't, she can't reciprocate that, right? That relationships can be healed, that you can always lean into compassion, see the beautiful person that God has made in this other person, even if you don't agree with them, even if you don't always like it, like that's my own stuff to deal with. But just letting my relationships be transformed by compassion, right? That's, I've become so much more loving and probably nicer to be around. I, I got to take a page from your book. No, I, I totally agree. I have very much lived with those rules or those conditions mm-hmm. of loving people. And that's definitely something I think God has opened my eyes to and is working on in my own heart. And I think yeah. that that's probably how most people are. I think right. that yeah. Because 
God is the only thing that's unconditional and he is the only one who can love unconditionally. We're kind of like just made that way, but God can change it and he can transform Mm -hmm. our hearts when we're aware of it and we open our eyes to that. I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. He can change it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how does your family feel about your faith? I I don't know. (laughs) My husband's not a Christian, but he's so amazingly supportive. Like our pastor is actually one of his closest friends. I take my kids to church. My husband comes on, you know, special days. Now that we're at home, we're like pandemic living and we watch church online and I'm sure my kids roll their eyes when I'm like, okay, let's pray. What did you learn about God? Like I, I'm sure that they're feeling how I felt as a kid. Like you're just going through the motions and that's okay. Like I don't need them to, they're still so young, right? They're nine, eight and six. And I don't need them to feel what I'm feeling. I remember like listening to my aunt speak when I was a kid and she'd be driving. She'd be like, look at the cherry blossoms on the trees. And I see God and she's crying. And now I get that. Now I understand. But then I was totally just like, that's weird. And who, who looks at cherry blossoms (laughs) and sees God? So (laughs) that is so funny. Yeah. It's a different perspective when you're a kid, but I totally, Totally. I totally get like that with my kids because I didn't really grow up in church. So I'm like, you guys should be grateful that I take you to church. They don't, they don't care. They're like, no, oh my gosh, we have to go to church again. No, they're like, <laughs> why do we have to go? And so I'm like, yeah. well, I'll tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky. God loves you. I know. I love it. But one day, that's my hope is that they'll be like, yes. if if they see I gave them nothing else, I gave them the yeah. faith and, you right. know, taught them about God. Mm-hmm. I love it. So what have we not talked about that you'd like to share? You know, we probably talked about more than I expected. So. <laughs> So we covered a lot. Yeah, (laughs) we covered a lot. So where can people find you, Shauna? I just, I adore you. I love you. And I know more people. Shauna has so many amazing resources. She is an incredible mom, simple on purpose. Tell them, tell them where they can. Thanks, Ryan. And I appreciate you. I love listening to your podcast. Mm -hmm. I love the testimonies. I loved hearing like the ladies that we mutually know and hearing Mm -hmm. the conversations. Anyways, so you can find me at simpleonpurpose.ca. And I have a podcast called the Simple on Purpose podcast. Yes, it's so good. It's so, so good. Shauna, I love you. I adore you. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Thanks, Ryan. The feeling is mutual. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for listening to Lana Send the Word. May you be blessed and always be a blessing. Bye. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Wellness and the Word. If you haven't yet, it would mean the world to me if you would go leave me a review wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode with a friend because we all need to spread the love of God and this is one way to do it. So I appreciate you being here and listening and getting God's Word into your heart every single week.